Just a quick reminder, if you've been trying links that I've mentioned on any of these recent episodes of the show and they don't work, technology changes and some of the things we offer change. So what we've decided to do is put everything that's current over at photobizhelp.com forward slash links. And anything that isn't current probably won't work. So if you're having trouble with a link that doesn't work, that's probably why. Head on over to photobizhelp.com forward slash links. Or if you're following along at photobizhelp on Instagram, it's the link in the bio. I got my contract for the year, for the following year. And I was like, I can't sign this. I physically can't make myself sign this. Like that's how badly I need to try this photography business. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a resource for photographers of all levels from brand new to burnt out who believe that business growth starts with personal growth. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. I created Jennings Photo back in 2010 and have been happily full-time since, but not without some mistakes along the way. Those lessons, plus what's really helped me thrive financially and personally, are what I want to share with you so you can grow with your photo business too. You'll also hear stories from other photographers and industry folks, as well as my favorite ways to be more mindful and happier on this journey. So we're working through a new format here at Photo Business Help. Audrey is co-hosting, as you may have noticed. You're likely to hear us chat about something and then the interview to follow just so you're clear about the structure. And today is no different. I'm talking with Kendra from Paisley Lane Photography. One of the super fun things about this connection is she reached out because she recognized my story having been a teacher. And there are so many parallels in how we got from leaving our teaching jobs to full-time photographers and podcasters. She has a podcast as well, Girl Means Business. So check all that stuff out in the show notes. And don't forget to stay tuned past Audrey and I chatting for my interview with Kendra today. And any subsequent interviews on the show are usually going to be in that format. We'd love your feedback. If there's something that you think we could be doing better, send a note to natalie at photobizhelp.com. Before we dive into today's episode, here are a few words from folks that support photo business help. So if you're like most photographers, you probably didn't go into business for paperwork. Does the chaos of invoices, emails, to-dos make you a little crazy? Well, that is where 17 Hats comes in. Their all-in-one mobile-friendly platform organizes your entire business. 17 Hats handles things like time-sucking tasks, payment reminders, capturing leads, and scheduling your meetings. With 17 Hats, important emails go out automatically. Quotes, contracts, and invoices, click, click, paid. So it's a small wonder that thousands of photographers swear by 17 Hats. You'll free up so much time from day-stealing to-dos. It's like you've cloned yourself. You'll be able to focus on what you do best, which is obviously photography. Meanwhile, 17 Hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business, just as if you were doing it. So why not clone yourself with 17 hats? Visit 17hats.com to learn more with the discount code PHOTOBIZHELP. That's 17hats.com with the discount code PHOTOBIZHELP. I really like this topic. This is one of my favorite topics that we've talked about, especially since... I feel like so much has happened since we first met and it's a really, I don't know, like watching 
your journey specifically. My journey feels like kind of just the same in my own head, even though stuff has changed. But watching someone that I met through a workshop I was giving get through all these different phases has been like magical. And so I think that's also, I mean, that's what I'm going to be talking about with Kendra today. But I just want to hear your thoughts, Audrey, on... (laughs) On what it was like to kind of start this journey and then go full time. I mean, I know there's, yeah, I'm just going to leave it there. Well, (laughs) where do we start? I think for a lot of photographers and people that have businesses similar to this, like there isn't really a clear start and stop. People will ask me all the time, like, when did you start photography? I'm like, I don't even know. Cause like I started doing it on the side for cash here and there for like friends and family. And then it just like you ease into it and it just kind of keeps growing. But I did officially like go full time. So I was waitressing and doing photography because both are very flexible, fluid type jobs, which is what I personally needed for my lifestyle. And both were kind of like the biggest bang for your time mm-hmm. as far as money goes. But I quit serving three years ago, just a couple months before the Pandorama came around. What are you talking about? What do you that mean? Was, <laughs> we don't I'm just kidding. <laughs> Such a lame joke. Sorry. Keep going. And yeah, it was it was kind of like I was at this tipping point of like I, I couldn't do both. One something had to give, so it was my dream to go full time, and so that's what I did. So my, I think my full-time experience is a little bit different because then like a few months later, I legally could not work. Yeah. (laughs) For like months. Yeah. And that was scary, but I survived. And then I survived last year, which I almost think last year was even worse, 2021, because it was like we were holding on for dear life and then we couldn't hold on anymore. Yeah. And also people were a lot more, it was pretty clear, I think in 2020, like what the hell was going on? It was like, oh, we just can't. Mm -hmm. But in 2021, as I was wrapping up doing weddings and stuff, there was definitely like, oh, we need to reschedule. Oh, yeah, we're still not going to do it. You know, there was like this, I have stuff scheduled in the fall. Is it going to happen? You know, in 2020, you just kind of knew it wasn't. But in 2021, you were like, Mm -hmm. can I count on anything? Yes. And that not having reliability is so stressful. Ugh, just not knowing. But yeah, I'm here now almost three years later making more than I ever have with my photo business. I'm the sole provider in my household and I'm surviving and taking care of my child. And yeah, it's been a journey for sure, but still wouldn't go back to nine to five. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not that I ever really did have a nine to five, but there's yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, cause Kendra and I share the same background as teachers, you know, and that was very much, that was like a, yeah. it wasn't a nine to five. That was like a seven to nine. <laughs> yeah. It was a long day, grossly underpaid. And I think for me too, it was like the flexibility. I was uh, married at the time to someone who's a professional drummer and was on tour often. And I, you know, teachers get a lot of time off, but they don't get the time off that they get to choose. They get to the time off that everybody gets off summer and holidays and stuff. So I couldn't really go along for the ride on a lot of these tours, which, you know, who doesn't want to take that opportunity if they can. Speaking of, let me just, this is not related at all, but I have really a good friend of mine from college is uh, doing 
lighting for this Def Leppard poison Joan Jet Motley Crew tour. Oh, yeah. Yep. So we got like all access backstage passes for it and went like a couple weeks ago. But this is the silliest part. So first of all, you're walking around, you're like, this is so silly. Like poisons on stage. You're like, this is so silly. People are wearing like <laughs> 80s rock wigs. It was so fun. It was great. Yep. It was great to like have that feeling of being on a tour again. Cause I, as I just said, I, I spent quite a bit of time in that environment and it was, it was really nice. It was also really nice just to be at a rock show, you know, in a stadium after COVID, you know, it was like, Oh, look at all these people. This is cool. But apparently the passes work for the whole tour. So, so they're finishing their tour in Las Vegas in September and we just bought tickets to go so we could go to the show again. Oh, yeah, I know. Anyway, that is so total fun. digression, but sort of related because this is what I wouldn't have been able to do as a teacher. I yep. probably wouldn't have been able to afford it either, you know, but like just to be able to be like, oh, I'm going to go Thursday, Friday. We're going like Thursday through Sunday. You know, mm -hmm. there's a comedian in town that I'm excited to see. And, you know, I'm a budding poker player. So it's like it's going to be a silly, just a silly fun time. We were talking about when was the last time the two of us went somewhere for some silly fun. That was just a vacation. That wasn't related to a conference or a photo shoot or whatever. And it was like three or four, four years ago, I think. So that's actually related to what we're talking about. I think it's important also venturing out of like a schedule where you have time off and, you know, like I did with teaching. It's, it's important to like build in any kind of time for yourself, whether it's a day or a week or whatever that isn't related to work. Because I spent probably the first six years eight years of my photo business, like almost, I would say 95% of my travel was related somehow to work, which is super cool. Like, you know, like, oh, I get to go here because yeah. of photography, but like, you know, finding that balance. So you don't, once you're like on your own, you really, you have to be your own parent in a way like, oh, that's too much work. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. This is so relevant for my life right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was you earlier I'm like just so overwhelmed but I have no I have not I've not been doing well with balance or maybe balance isn't even real but like yeah taking care of myself me time because I say you know now I don't work a nine to five but you kind of like can work all the time constantly when you own your own yeah. business <laughs> it's easy to the lines are very blurred when you're in charge of yourself so I gotta reel it in a bit here that's right for the fall. You do have to yeah. kind of, it's a, it's a tricky thing to manage yourself. And it sounds, it is lucky and fortunate and full of wonderful things to be on your own schedule. Like I, I wouldn't trade the like, oh my gosh, the, the months and years of like, oh my gosh, am I going to get paid, like be able to pay the bills this month? Or, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted because it's fall and I overbooked myself. I wouldn't trade that for, you know, having to get up to go to like, the job I used to have. I still prefer those freak out moments over what I was doing because that's just me. But I do think yep. you get better and better and better at managing what's going on like a little, little by little every year that goes by. And I still have like stretches where I'm like, what, why did I book this? But I am, here's a great example for you. I had someone reach out to me and ask if I could do a family session for them as like, it was like a barbecue. They were having like everyone kind of gather together. 
So this would be one of my full sessions. Mm -hmm. So it would be like, you know, a good rate. We talked about like not having resentment. So like showing up and doing it, but she wanted to do it the day after I get back from, I'm going to Mexico on Sunday and she wanted to do it the day after I get back. And Mm -hmm. we all know when we travel and do stuff like the day after, if we do too much, we're like, uh, but I still thought, you know what I could, I'm only shooting in the evenings now. So, you know, I'll say that. And she said, we're starting the party at three or something. First of all, I was like, well, I don't shoot at three anymore. Second of all, I was like, that's still mm-hmm. too close to just getting home. Like I, I will maybe work that evening, but I'm, you know, whatever. So I just said, I'm available at 630, you know, and I can come and do an hour, you know, based on the package you wanted. And she got back to me. She's like, is there any chance you could come at four? And so old me would have said yes. And like me managing myself better said, no, I'm sorry. And that, and then the, I'm sorry was for two reasons. One, because I know I'm going to be tired that day and I didn't really want to do it anyway. But two, mm-hmm. because I hate shooting at four o'clock, you know, like it's still very, very bright out in August or whatever it is. Yeah. So I think that's kind of an example. It was like a long winded example of like stuff I, you know, I mean, the money would be, any money is always great, but like, the reason we get stressed out is because like that becomes money becomes the mantra and getting to a place in your business where you are still profitable, but you're not exhausted is tricky. It's super tricky. Yep. And it's not just like, you know, you think about the money that you're going to get paid and the profit you're going to make, but you it's, you can't subtract from your profit the amount of energy and burnout you'll get from doing something like that. And it almost ends up being either a wash or you lose out. If that makes for any sure. sense. That was but my like, mentality. For sure. That was my mentality. Yeah. We measure everything with money. Like, Oh, the money, the money, money. But it's like, there's this whole other side of, of you. <laughs> there's way more to it than just the money. And if, if you do too many of those, it really starts to completely suck you dry. And then you want to quit or not do it anymore or you don't do as good of a job. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, I think there is an element of, quote unquote, paying your dues or whatever. Just like just like when I was a teacher, your first couple of years are wild because you're you don't have a lesson book that's yours. You have to, like, make everything from scratch. You're doing a lot of extra stuff, Mm -hmm. summer school sessions, like all this stuff. It's like paying your dues. It's kind of like being hazed in a weird way. And I think like for photographers that are listening that are like in their first couple of years, like First of all, there are people listening that that would be like, why wouldn't you take that? Like you like if you might need the money. And that's fair enough. If you're supporting people, like sometimes you just have to do the hustle. I feel like 12 and a half years in, I'm in a position where every now and then I can be like, no, I'm not going to do that, which is yeah. wonderful. But so money might be a thing. And sometimes you have to like hustle. But sometimes you just yeah, the paying your dues thing is sort of like sometimes you just have to take that gig, for example, to figure out, oh, I really don't ever want to book anything right after I get back from a trip again, like literally the day after. And I really don't want to book anything in the middle of the day. Like we talked about ad nauseum with my shoots last summer where I was like, why did I do this? (laughs) You know, but I think like you have to do those things, you know, uh, to figure that out. But also I want to be acknowledged that sometimes you just have to do those things. And I've I'm very grateful to not be in that position this year where because of because of money, yeah. you know, so I don't want to just be like, just say yeah. no, it's fine. But like, depending on where you're at in your business, and if you're the sole pro- provider, blah, 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 you know, you have to make that decision. But I'm happy to uh-huh. say that I just really not gonna 
not going to do that if I can help it, you know, it's exhausting. I feel like I'm in that kind of in that position too, to be a, a definitely tighter on what I say yes and no to, or like how it's going to unfold. But certainly for many years, I, I paid the price and I did many things and I, that's the only way to really learn as well. Yeah. And it's really nice to finally kind of be in a position where I don't have any fear saying no to certain things because I just know enough now that it's just not worth it. You're right about what you said, though, about it being like a wash. Like sometimes, yeah, you might make a few hundred dollars or whatever your pricing is, but you're like exhausted, stressed. The amount of just complete roast that it is to deal with all of it Mm -hmm. sometimes isn't worth it. Because you you just like put yourself out right. for an extra day or two and you just kind of, you know, so yeah, I know when I get back from travel anyway, I need like a minute just to chill. So yeah, absolutely. The travel hang. All that to say, like leaving whatever situation you're in to do this full time for, for both of us, I think has ultimately been pretty great. But I think it's good to be thoughtful about all these things that come up and the fact that there'll be like feast and famine vibes if when you're getting your kind of getting your feet. I mean, this last couple of years doesn't count, but I mean like, you know, figuring out how much to save, like what you need to make, figuring out all that stuff. And like, then knowing when to say yes, knowing when to say no, all of that is something to like consider, you know, because it's, it's different for everyone, but it is a thing. So yeah. Yep. I'm sure. We'll talk Definitely. more about this. I see. What's that? Yeah. I'm like, my brain could go in so many different directions. <laughs> this conversation, because there's just so many good things to talk about, like, to the experience of people that are just starting out. You know, I think sometimes people think it should be easy if they do X, Y, and Z. It should all fall together. But it re- there really is quite a period of, like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> starting out. And then when you get to that point of going full time, you know, you have to kind of gauge, like, do I have enough book to sustain and meet the goals that I have to meet? And that's when you should go full-time. And that's different for everybody. Just because so-and-so went full-time after two years, you know, I went full-time after seven years or so. Like, you really have to gauge for yourself if it's the right time to go full-time. And some people don't, yeah, some people don't want to go full-time. We've also talked about like oh yeah and I'm gonna just repeat this but like everyone is in a different position so if you have a situation a family or a partner or something that like is paying the bills basically like you're gonna have a different kind of vibe than someone like you or I that's like providing for themselves and trying to you know like make it work so that they don't have to go back to teaching or waitressing that's a different motivation and and that's the group of people I tend to you know, coach and teach because that's the place that I'm speaking from. But like, if you're listening to this, I mean, just be, it's goes without saying like everyone's in a different position, but we're kind of speaking from that, that place, which puts it in context in a little bit of a different way. Cool. Well, with, without, you know, going on too much, let's, uh, we'll wrap this one up and talk about something else soon. (laughs) Sounds great. Bye.
know we both were teachers, so I thought it'd be kind of fun just for our for my audience uh, particularly, or at least who I think they are, uh, to talk about kind of the journey from that to to what we're doing now because I think that's really helpful for people, and I think it's uh, I think it's always interesting to hear how people. No, I agree. I every time I talk about it, I have a ton of people that are like, "Oh my gosh, I like I want to know more." Like, and sadly, like teachers right now, especially like they all went out. <laughs> Most of them yeah. went out. You know, it's yeah. so sad. It so. is sad. I mean, it's a really weird world right now in general. But when I think back to being a teacher, I taught high school English. I don't know about you. I was elementary. Oh, that's brave. People always say I'm brave, but I'm like, no, 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 no. But like just the amount of testing and like just the rigor around those sort of assessments and stuff at this point are, it's crazy to me when I talk to my friends that are still teachers and it yeah. it's completely opposite of what originally inspired me to want to do that kind of teaching. So exactly, I think that's a shame for a lot of folks because you know, teaching could be a lot cooler. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I mean, I wish it would go back. I mean, I know this is like wishful thinking, but I kind of wish it would go back to like, you know, I mean, way back when, like, I mean, I would even say like early 1900s when it was just like a one school room kind of thing, like take it back to the basics, you know, like there's just there's community, so much other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And just yeah. having, having a little more control over the classroom in general and, yeah. and connection with the parents, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah. That could be it's a whole podcast. On a yeah. Teacher, we're so. not, yeah, we, we don't, we're not here to like rag on the education system, but there is definitely a reason I think teachers leave. And I left in 2010, the very end of 2010. Oh, okay. So it's been a little while. How about yourself? 2017. My youngest one was a year old. So it's been I don't a know, few years, this, five or six years. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, let's do this. Let folks know kind of a little bit about what you're doing now and who you are and where you're at. And we'll just we'll go from there. Yeah. So I left my teaching job, like I said, in 2017 to run a photography business full time. So I had started this photography business, Paisley Lane Photography, back in 2011. Mm -hmm. I was kind of crazy. I was teaching full time. I was getting my master's degree, newly married, pregnant with my first daughter. And I thought, Let's start a business. <laughs> you and I had the same first year. This is what's wild because I will. I got married. I was finishing my master's degree. I was teaching full time. I got pregnant. Unfortunately, I lost the baby like four months in, mm -hmm. and all of that happened in the same. And then I started my photo business. All of that yeah. happened that same year, in, in yeah. addition to a lot of other stuff. So that's wild because that's I I know exactly what that felt like, and it was it was a lot. My husband kind of looked at me like I I can I can remember the we were out to dinner. I was we had gone to one of my like a doctor's appointment together. We'd gone to dinner afterwards and I can remember like telling him my idea. I was like I really have always loved photography. Like he had bought me a DSLR camera for Christmas that oh, prior year. Cool. As like a pre-wedding gift and and I, I was like, this is, I know it's like a hobby right now. And that's what I kind of wanted the camera for, but I think I could make this a business. And I can remember like his facial expression sitting across from me at the restaurant. And he was like, um, oh, okay, whatever you, whatever you want. Like, I think at that point he was like, this is pregnancy hormone talking. Like, let's just, let's just see how this plays out. And so, um, I, 
I mean, it was a side hustle in the beginning. For the first several years, it was very much a side hustle. It was very sporadic. I would take, you know, jobs here and there. It was mostly family or friends. I can remember my first paying client that was not a family or a friend. And I was so excited. And oh man, those pictures should not live on the internet anymore. They're so bad. (laughs) But that got me so excited to keep going. And so like I would have these little moments. And then in 2015, we found out we were pregnant with my our second daughter. And I'd had a really rough couple of years teaching. I was currently at that point in a job that I really loved. I was a math specialist for a really small school district. So I was working, it's a one elementary, one middle, one high school. And I was working at the elementary and the middle school, like basically teaching the teachers how to use the curriculum, um, how to do best practices. It was a great job. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I was spending more time focusing on like planning out styled shoots and fun things I could do in my business. And like in all of my spare time, I was Googling like how to market my business, how to do social media, how to do SEO, like all these things. And so I told my husband, I said, I, I got my contract for the year for the following year. And I was like, I can't sign this. Like I physically can't make myself sign this. Like that's how badly I need to try this photography business because it was at the point where it was either I I had to go all in on one and let the other go because I couldn't keep up the pace I was going at. I was running, I was working full time in two jobs. And so I told my husband, says, give me one year. I can always go back to teaching if I need to. And if we're living off of, you know, ramen and beans, then I'll go back. And so that following year, I made about what I would make teaching, maybe a little bit more. But then each year after that, it continued to get better and better and better. And once I left teaching and I had built up this, I live in the Dallas area. I built up this big group of local photographers in my area of this Facebook group that we'd started. And I posted in there the day that I turned in my resignation, I posted in the group. I was like, guys, I did it. You know, I, cause I had talked about it in this group for years and I was like, I finally did it. I'm not going back. And I had so many people reach out to me and say, tell me what you're doing. Cause I want to quit my job too, or I want to yeah. get out of teaching or I, you know, whatever. And so I started like blogging a little bit. I started doing mentor sessions and local workshops and I was repeating myself all the time. And mm-hmm. so someone said to me, you should start a podcast. And I had never like paid attention to podcasts, but I was like, I love to talk to people and I, yeah. I hate writing. So this is a great alternative to blogging. So I started my podcast in 2019 and it just kind of took off from there. And so I've been able to now merge like my sort of natural talent for teaching with my love of business. And I get to do both and help women build their businesses. Basically, since you started talking, people can't see this, but I've just been nodding. (laughs) I'm like, yep, yep, Yep. totally. Which is one of the reasons why when you reached out, I was like, oh, this is a great conversation because I can totally relate to it. And I think that journey is really common. And especially for folks that have access to people and a camera, you know, and realize Mm -hmm. that they really like doing it. Yeah, it is totally something you can either side hustle or turn into a business. I'm curious. So you do mostly family stuff. So I've done a little bit of everything. Um, okay. I've done families. I've done weddings a little bit. I actually was would call myself a wedding photographer for a while. Um, now, 
just for like, a minute, just for a hot minute. Now I, I primarily focus on actually branding sessions. So cool. I will take branding sessions, but then I will do other things as well. But I call nice. myself a brand photographer. Cool. That's great. Do you miss teaching at all? No, not at all. <laughs> I have um, a couple of friends that I taught with are now administrators and they, it, every single summer, it never fails. I get at least two or three texts from them that are like, hey, we have an opening in this position. Do you want a job? And I'm like, no, I'm good. I am. I am good. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good to go. Yeah. What would you say one of the things that I get asked a lot is, well, a lot of different things around like, how do I do this business thing? But what would you say was uh, a challenge for you on this journey in terms of like, going from a structured, like you show up to work, you do the work, you have a boss, whatever to like, doing it yourself? Did you run into any? Oh, yeah. Any bumps along the way that that are probably useful for people to learn from? Yeah, I think the biggest thing was, I, one of the things I was the most excited about was the lack of structure, like you said, like going from, you know, you work in a school where you're regimented by the the class schedule. I mean, you have to like take your bathroom breaks based on the schedule that you're given by your principals and administrators. Yeah. That was always a really hard one for me, by the way. Yes. I I drink a lot of water and I'm like, (laughs) how am I supposed to like, you know, and I had high school kids. So it's like, I could not like leave that room really. Yeah. No. Yeah. They'd be smoking cigarettes in the corner. <laughs> and well, and mine was like, I had the younger kids. And so it was like, who, if something happens while you're in the bathroom for two minutes, like you're responsible. <laughs> so it's definitely both ends of the spectrum. But I was so excited for that freedom. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be able to do whatever I want, whenever I want. I'm going to have this whole day in front of me every day. And I had my little one at home. So she was, um, my oldest one had started kindergarten. My youngest one had just turned one. And I had this vision in my head of like, wake up, take my oldest to school, come home, have this like cozy time on the couch watching cartoons, have my laptop, get all this stuff done. And I learned really, really quickly that I actually needed some sort of structure because for the first couple of months, it was just like this hot mess of not getting things done. Like, and I was torn between like, okay, I want the house done, but I also want my business done. I've got this little one. It was just, there was so, so much a lack of structure that it was, I wasn't accomplishing anything and things were falling through the cracks really quickly. So I had to, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I was forgetting to send messages to clients. I was behind on galleries, like all these things were piling up. And I quickly realized I was like, I've got to have some kind of process to my day and my week, or I'm never going to get anything done. Well, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that is probably the topic that is the most misunderstood when people are like, I left my job, I'm now a full-time photographer or whatever you're doing on your own. Because I mean, and I've been toying around with this idea of like kind of like micro and macro structure in the sense that like one of the things that I loved on a macro level was that I, and I don't have kiddos, like will go to like Hawaii for four months in the winter because I can, you know, and that yeah. that is the kind of freedom that has been most rewarding for me. It's like, sure, I'll go do that for a week with you in that state or whatever, you know, like that, that ability to do that was not available despite all the time we had off as a teacher, not available at all. But on a micro level, like your day to day, like what time am I getting up? Like, what do I want to get done today? Having 
structure for me was huge, you know? So it's like, there's this broader macro freedom where you can just kind of like look at your year and go, what do I want to do? You know, but then like on a smaller level, like you nailed it. I mean, there is so much that falls through the cracks if you don't have structure around stuff and structure isn't, I don't think personally that it's um, a negative. I think it has that kind of connotation to it, but I, I think it's actually for, for me personally, and it sounds like for you, like a motivator. Yeah. If you don't give yourself a parameter to get something done in it, what is that quote? Darn it. I can't think of like, you'll, you'll take as long as you give yourself to get something done. Yes. So I, I talk about this in my coaching a fair bit, like set a timer for 10 minutes and see how much of that task you can crack through. And they're like 10 minutes. It's like a two hour task. And I'm like, you will be so surprised how much you get done when you, when you structure and, and kind of focus yourself. So anyway, rambling, but I, I completely no. agree with that. By the way, before I forget, cause I want everyone to know and it'll be linked. What's the name of your podcast? It's called girl means business. Great. We want everyone to hear that. Yeah. But yeah. So in order to do a podcast, in order to do any of this stuff, there has to be a little lo- level of like daily structure for well, sure. Well, and I was like what you're saying about how structure tends to get, you know, a negative connotation. So I, I don't know if you're into the Enneagram, but I'm an Enneagram seven. Mm. And one of the biggest things I've learned about myself as being an Enneagram seven is that I have this natural, I don't know, deference to anything that requires me to put myself into a box of some kind. And mm-hmm. so that was part of it as I was like, when I quit teaching, I was like, oh, yes, this is perfect. It's the freedom I've always dreamed of. And I was anti, like I was almost like allergic to scheduling myself because I was so worried that I was like, well, I don't want to have to be held accountable to like, you know, every Wednesday from nine to noon, I have to be in this one place. That's yeah. what I was trying to get away from. That's right. But what I have found is I do like time blocking. And so mm-hmm. I I will say like, for example, this is a Tuesday we're recording on. Tuesdays are my recording days, whether it's me recording for my podcast or being on other people's podcasts. Typically, Tuesdays are my recording day. I put on makeup. I fix my hair. Like it's the whole thing. And mm-hmm. then I know that like Mondays, I don't have to do that. So Mondays, I dedicate just towards like the kind of admin things. It's going through my emails that came through for the weekend. It's setting out my to-do list for the week. And so it, it gives me that structure I need, but it also gives me that flexibility to be like, hey, I don't have anything scheduled for Tuesday next week. I only have you know, one episode I need to record so I can go meet a, a friend for coffee or for lunch. So yeah. it still gives me that flexibility, but it also gives me that structure that allows me to kind of make sure I'm getting the things done that need to get done but mm-hmm. still have the the ability to move things around as I need to. Yeah. And again, on that macro level, like if you're, if you're committing to every Tuesday, I'm going to do this. And I do the same. I do recordings Tuesday, Thursday. I do my like certain things on Mondays, whatever. That doesn't mean you can't put a pause on that and like go do something else for a couple of weeks or go on vacation exactly. or do whatever you want. But like it certainly does when you are home give you just like a structure to, to get much more done. And yeah, so I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh, I'm just thinking about teaching all of a sudden and how wild that journey was. So how are you kind of structuring your, your week right now besides just recording on Tuesdays? And do you, do you have clients only allow you to book at certain times? Are you, one of the things that I really struggled with in the early days of my business was just letting clients kind of pull me around a lot. Like Mm -hmm. if, if 
I suggested a date and they were, and they said, well, are you available on this date or this time instead? I would always just be like, sure. Thinking that was not only good customer service, but that like, I wouldn't get the gig or something if I didn't give them the time they wanted. Yeah. I don't know if that's something that you ran into, but I've, I've gotten way more strict, I guess about, yeah, or at least I've just put up better boundaries for myself around like what I'm willing to do and when I'm willing to do it. And it's, given me these large swaths of time off, which I never used to have because I'd always have like random gigs every week. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was the same. And I think it's okay in the beginning when you're starting right. your business, especially with photography or anything you're doing that involves like working like one-on-one with people to be a little bit flexible, to kind of figure out like what works for you and what doesn't work for you. But yeah, a lot of me, mine came down to Well, when I was teaching, a lot of it was I didn't have the time. So it was Saturdays and Sundays. And then if it was early enough in the season or in the summer where I could do evenings during the week when it, you know, before it got dark so early. But yeah, it would be like, here's my calendar. I'm wide open for these next two months. You pick a day and I'll be there and available. And it got to the point where, especially as my kids got a little bit older, that I was missing out on things that they were doing as they were having, you know, sports events and you know, dance classes and things like that. Like I was missing out on those. Yeah. And so I was like, no, that's not why I started this business. That's not why I left my teaching job so that I could be missing out on these things. So I started saying like, especially when I really focused in on doing like branding sessions, because typically those are people who are working for themselves and are able to do a weekday session. So like the way my schedule sits right now is I very, very rarely have a weekend photo shoot. Yeah. And I reserve those weekend photo shoots for clients that are like that is literally the only time that they can do it because I will have some clients that will be coming in town because I live in like a pretty big area. I'll have people that travel in from like Austin or Houston or Oklahoma or whatever, and they'll book a session with me for their brand shoot while they're here for a conference or something. And the only time they're here is like Thursday through Saturday. And so right. I'll, I'll be like, okay, Saturday when your conference is done, we'll come, we'll get together at the studio and we'll do X, Y, and Z. So I will be flexible in that sense. But if it's just a typical inquiry, I give them my calendar. I only typically shoot, um, really Wednesday, Thursdays is my kind of shooting days. I would like to narrow that down to just Thursdays eventually. But as of now, I have Wednesday, Thursdays. It's also, I mean, again, for what I do, I use a couple of different studio spaces and it's Mm -hmm. easier to book studios during the week instead of trying to fight with the family crowds on the weekends. Yeah. So that has been really helpful. And, And people really respect that. I mean, if you tell them I only shoot Wednesdays and Thursdays and they really want to work with you, they will make it happen. Yeah. And if, you know, and again, I have the occasional client that's like, oh, I really can't. I'm still working a nine to five job. Could we do like a Sunday afternoon? Absolutely. I'll make that work if I don't have something else going on. But those are more the exception to the rule than the everyday occurrence. That's exactly what's happened to me as well. And it's it's been really nice. I realize now how valuable having my own weekend to myself is even even in the middle of busy season, just like a weekend in October, you know, it's yeah. really nice to have that. It's nice to, to just, um, take care of yourself during the really, really busy here in Minnesota, like September, October is bonkers for family sessions and stuff like that. But I, I also find that people understand also, you know, just setting those boundaries and saying like, for me, I've talked about this on the show a little bit lately. I started shooting only at a certain window of time right before sunset. And 
not any other time. I used to be really flexible. Like, you know, if people are like, could you come by at like 1 p.m.? And I would, but, you know, I realized that I wasn't (laughs) enjoying the shoot. You know, I wasn't, unless again, you're in a studio, which I, I certainly do that sometimes for my branding sessions, but I love it. I love having this kind of more, it just sounds so silly. And this is one of the reasons I thought this conversation would be interesting. I, I enjoy having a little more structure around the business and more boundaries and I guess rules for myself. And that sounds so lame, but it's actually more freeing. Well, it's funny because like when I started my photography business, actually my best friend and I sort of started it together and then we branched off realizing that we like different things. And at the time she really loved newborn sessions. That's all she did. She mm-hmm. shot newborns and some maternity, but it was all in studio and she built an in-home studio and she had it all set up. And then I was the one who was like, no, I want to be outdoors and I want to have these creative locations and just have like the the freedom to go and make anything possible. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was rejecting that like structure that she had put in place. And then as I've evolved, as my business has evolved, I'm like, no, give me the structure. Like when I see, again, yeah. I told you that I have that local group here and People, especially this time of year, the fall season's picking up and every Saturday, it never fails. Someone posts in the Facebook group and they're like, guys, I was at this park and there were so many people. Like, how do you edit out these people out of the background? And I'm like, thank goodness that I don't do that anymore because that sounds miserable. I'm like, now I crave the structure and I want to go in knowing, like you said, the time of day. I don't want to have to worry about a client telling me, we have to do it at one o'clock because that's right after my kid's nap time is the only time they're going to be happy. Well, sorry, but that's not going to work for me. <laughs> like, I yeah. don't want to have to worry about that. So I know it's intimidating to put those structures in place because you're like, well, then people aren't going to book me. But guys, sometimes the client wants that structure too. Like they mm-hmm. want to, If when I was giving them my open calendar and being like, pick a day in October and we'll make it happen. That's overwhelming to them sometimes. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. So they want that just as much as we want it too sometimes. Yeah. I just sent an email this morning with two October dates. They were like, we're wide open. And I was like, it's either this one or this one. And they were like, okay, we'll just take that one. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's so much nicer to just, you feel in the early days, especially like you're really, taking a risk like oh my gosh if i give them these two dates and they can't do it i'm going to lose a client but you most of the time that's not the case you can work something out if they really can't make it and they really want to book you or you just make everybody's life easier i'm curious as a parent i'm not a parent you're a parent mm-hmm. what is a good thing to say to clients that say the nap time thing or say the bedtime thing because and I talked about this with Fiona Margo a, a little while back. She's She's got pretty good boundaries around that. She's like, if you want to hire me, if you want these photos, sorry. And she has kiddos too. She's like, sorry, yeah. you're just going to kind of have to work with my thing. So I don't know what you like. For me, for example, if someone sends me an email and says, my kiddo, you know, needs to go to bed by eight or whatever. Sorry. Well, yeah. what what's a good sort of, what's something that as a parent you would be like comfortable with? Or what do you say to parents yourself? Yeah. I mean, I like to be compassionate because I do understand the frustration. There's nothing worse than showing up to a photo shoot, hoping to have these great photos, and then knowing your kid's going to melt down because it's the end of the day and they're exhausted. So what I tell parents is, look, you have two options. 
We can shoot at the time that you think is best based on your kid's nap schedule, but you're not going to get the same photos that you're seeing on my website. Because what you're seeing on my website is golden hour. What you're seeing on my portfolio is this time of day. Mm -hmm. And I said, so we can shoot at the two or three o'clock, but it's not going to look like what you see. Mm -hmm. Or you can consider adjusting your child's schedule for the day. Maybe let them nap later in the day so that they can, you know, be happier a little bit longer. And then we can shoot at the beginning of golden hour. I'll make sure, like I I reassure them, I'm like, you will be surprised at what we can get in a really short amount of time. Yeah. And I know every parent, I, you know, I just commiserate with them. I'm like, I get it. Every parent is so anxious about how their kid's going to behave. And I will send them a gallery. I'll be like, look, this gallery, what you see are these beautiful photos, but the behind what you don't see is that that child was running around like crazy and threw a fit, but we were still able to get the good shots. And yeah. so I just try to kind of talk them. This is where I think it's really helpful to one, have like guides in place. So mm-hmm. questions that you have people asking you a lot, put it into like an FAQ guide or mm-hmm. some kind of welcome guide, and then definitely have conversations, not via email, not via text, actual phone conversations, video conversations, like have these in person because there's, it just comes across a lot easier than putting it in an email. You can have a back and forth instead of them reading it one way and taking it as like, oh my God, she's, she's being kind of bitchy. Like, no, I'm I'm trying to help you here. I'm trying to get the pictures you're hiring me for. That's right. I also think that now if you're not comfortable with phone or maybe you're still working a nine to five and you don't have the time to do the phone call thing, Another thing you can do is record a quick little video mm-hmm. of yourself just saying these things, you know, including yeah. like your personality, be smiling, be like all, however you want it to come across. And you can even sh- put examples into the video of like, this is what it looks like at this time of day. And this, you know, like, like I just said, you know, here's the gallery that we got. What you didn't see was this, this, and this happening, but we still got the great photos. And even having a video like that that you can either send to your clients or put on your your website is so – I'm in such an advocate of video right now. I think that you cannot – if you're not willing or not able to do like Zoom calls or you don't want to get on the phone with every client or their schedule doesn't allow it or whatever, creating a video is so much better in my opinion than trying to convey these types of conversations in an email. And they've, it's so much easier. I mean, when, when I was starting in 2010, it's like just everyone was throwing PDFs around everywhere and that wasn't super efficient. They're hard to change if you need to adjust anything. And then I've moved to like private pages on my website because you can change those so easily. But like since things like Loom and all those other companies have come out, I love Loom, by the way. I mean, I'm not, they're not a sponsor, but like love them. I mean, you can just throw like a couple minute video together like hey just want to let you know and put it directly in the email and it's super easy and um i think you're right i think that adds a level of connection and personability and personability is that a word sure it is now why not yeah it is <laughs> but yeah i'm i'm really glad that you brought that up so and and also that piece of advice you know just like you know letting people know kind of why that time might or might not work and i you know if you're investing in a photo shoot, hundreds, maybe thousands of dollars, you know, it is worth it to, you know, if there's anyone listening that isn't a photographer, you know, it is worth it to just push the schedules as much as you can for that, for that light that the photographer prefers if they're like you and I, an evening light kind of photographer. So it's one day. It's one day. Yeah. 
And in my case, it's usually like a half an hour. Yeah. I'm not yeah. asking anybody to alter their child's schedule for life. I'm just saying like <laughs> for this one day, you know, you would probably do the same thing if you had some family event in the evenings that you want your kid to be in a good mood for. These are photos they're going to go on your wall, on your shelves, yep. in, you know, the history of your family. Make sure you're doing them properly if you're investing in them. Yeah. Is there anything you would like to leave new photographers with? Any piece of advice besides the whole like structure thing we talked about? Um, anything that comes to mind or that's helped you grow your business? Yeah, I would say probably my biggest piece of advice I give to new photographers, new business owners really in general is don't be afraid to just jump all in. And I don't necessarily mean like leaving your job jumping in. I just mean like jumping into your business because I talk to so many people who are afraid, whether it is the perfectionism or what if this fails or what if I don't like this or what if, you know, there's all these what ifs. And for me, it's just part of my personality is I tend to jump before I think. And then I'm like, let's just jump off this cliff and then we'll figure out how far down we're going to fall. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. it's just kind of that kind of thing. But not everybody is that way. And so I have realized that kind of what I did by accident, I'm trying to kind of push people into doing more of is to go into it with this idea of it's going to be messy. It's going to be ugly. And if it, if it's not, then you waited too long. One of the things I love about photography is that you have a visual timeline of the growth in your business. And one of my favorite things to do is to go back and see just how far I've come mm -hmm. in the last, you know, well, I mean, I've been doing this for 10 years, but even in the last three, four, five years. And so if you look back and you you don't cringe at where you started, then you waited too long to start or you were trying too hard to have it be perfect. You have to go through the mess before you get to the good stuff. So just get in there and get messy. Try all the things. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to like try something and have it not work. Learn from it and keep going. So that would be my biggest advice is just get in there, get messy and let it all kind of sort itself out. Otherwise, you're just standing on the edge kind of going, um, I don't know. I'm dipping my toe in the water. You're never going to get to where you want to get, at least not quickly, you know, or any, any certain sort of fashion. So just go all in. Yeah, that's great advice. The fear of failure or the fear of not getting it perfect the first time is something if you're going to run a business, you truly have to get over because you are going to fail. And it's okay. What, what, I've found and what I think people find is like, if you mess up, you just redo it and yeah. it's fine. You know, it's, you will survive. And that idea of like, just do it, just go for it, I think is so, so important. One of the biggest patterns I've seen in all the years I've been coaching is that people want this exact perfect answer to certain things. Like, how do I precisely price my wedding packages or how do I blah, 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 blah. I can tell them how I have done things, but I just, I just did it and experimented. I, there were very few people that I, you know, had as mentors when I first started or, you know, asked questions, such spe specific questions to. So yeah. I just kind of try stuff all the time and see if it sticks. And I'm still doing that. You know, if I get a, an idea where I'm like, Ooh, maybe I should do that. I'll just try it. And I think that that's a great place to, to leave folks because that is, it seems counterintuitive when you're first starting, but it's, I think, one of the most important parts of being a business owner. I agree. And I will say one more thing is, you know, 
the part about asking, you know, they want a definite answer. That's one of the things that I took from my teaching job into my business, especially into like coaching other people, is that there is no one size fits all. Just like there's no one way that a kid's going to learn something. And that's why like you have to diversify your the way you teach in the classroom. You have to do the same thing in your business. You know, what works for me is not the same as what works for you. And it's not the same as what works for, you know, person B, C, or D. And so you just have to be willing to take the advice in and then figure out what works in your business. Always be experimenting, always be trying new things because what worked obviously like five years ago is not going to work again now with social media and video and all these things changing. Like you were saying the PDF thing, like if it still works, but it's not as helpful as it is like other means of sharing information now. So be willing to be flexible and experiment with new things whenever you can. Yeah. A thousand percent. I love that. That's you, you said it perfectly. One more time before we jump off, let people know what all the things are podcasts. Instagram, whatever, whatever is best to find you. So I spend a lot of my time on Instagram. So you can find me at girl means business on Instagram. Uh, podcast is girl means everything's girl means business. So website, podcast, Instagram, you can find me anywhere at girl means business. I've got tons of resources over on the website. If you want to check it out. And then of course, check out the podcast, lots of good information on there as well. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. We should do this again because I think we could go off in a bunch of different directions. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. This has been really fun. Totally. Totally. Thanks for listening. Everything's in the show notes, including links to connect with Kendra on her Instagram. You can check out her podcast as well. Girl Means Business. We'll be back next week, every Wednesday with a new episode. Remember, in everything you want to achieve, consistency is key. Hopefully you're feeling inspired to grow your photo business. If you still feel like you've been trying everything and you're a little stuck and you'd like a little more community, a little more one-on-one help, remember to head over to photobizhelp.com forward slash apply. Applications are open now for the greenhouse. And I know that this investment of your time and your money will help you get to where you want to go. So that's photobizhelp.com forward slash the greenhouse. I look forward to seeing you there. One more quick reminder, if you're feeling overwhelmed right now, disorganized, check out 17 Hats. You'll be able to focus on what you do best, photography. Meanwhile, 17 Hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business, just as if you were doing it yourself. Go to photobizhelp.com forward slash 17 hats to get 50% off your first year.